Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Today, I'm going to be discussing the New York Rangers. I'm uh, going to give a little early season assessment, very early season, and uh, let's talk about how they're doing. So let's go ahead and start. So I wanted to give a very early season assessment of the New York Rangers and their new head coach, Peter Laviolette. The Rangers have gotten off to what I think is a pretty damn good start. Uh, This is, again, very, very early in this young season. As I'm recording this on Wednesday, the Rangers are 4-2 after two West Coast late-night wins over Seattle and Calgary. And boy, these late-night games are... Very tough on the East Coast because they start at 9.30, 9.45, 10. You know, they're not going to end till 12.31 in the morning. A lot of times with these nowadays, I just watch some of it if I can and watch the rest recorded in the morning. So it's a little tough to watch the games. But um, it's good that they're, they're 2-0 so far on this West Coast trip. The Calgary game in particular, which was on Tuesday night, features some great goaltending by Igor. Uh, and a good power play. We had two power play goals on deflections by Kreider and Lafreniere. Lafreniere has a couple of goals this year, which is really needed and something that's that's important to the Rangers. Lafreniere doing well. Um, by the way, speaking of that, I want to mention really quickly how they measure power play goals, right? Because it is possible they need to measure power play goals a little bit differently. A couple of times there's 20 second power play, 10 second power plays, you know, and you're 0 for 1 or something. And, and, Maybe a better measure of how a power play is is how many goals do you get per two minutes or something. But don't want to digress into that now. But there's got to be a better way of actually tracking it. The Rangers did get two power play goals, you know, last night. Practices, by the way, under under Peter Laviolette, I wanted to talk about a little bit because some of the things that are happening in practices, at least that's what's being reported, are are being reflected on the ice a little bit, in my opinion. Now it's too early to make any sweeping conclusions about things. But um, they're said to be much different. And under Galan, apparently, there wasn't much practice at all. And when there was, there wasn't much coach involvement. Apparently now the coaches the, the coaches are much more involved in the practice. And the practices are much more intense, much more hands-on. Particularly face-offs, apparently, are practiced not only consistently, but with lots of hands-on coaching, particularly from the assistant coaches. And it seems to be paying off, at least somewhat. The Rangers did struggle a little bit on face-offs in Calgary, but overall this year, they seem to be somewhat noticeably better on face-offs, and that's something that they have not been good on really forever. Since McTavish with, with no helmet, you know, won face-offs for the Rangers back in 94, it feels like forever. It feels like we've had 30 years of really, really bad face-off teams. So we'll see how far this carries it through. Again, we're just a couple weeks into the season. You can't really you know, talk about much here in, in October when it comes to hockey as far as trying to reach conclusions. But there are certain trends you can notice. And so far, the face-offs in general have been pretty good, despite Calgary fall-off. And there's been some other good things that I can notice about the Rangers. Um, Lavila, for example, is not changing his lines <laughs> every 30 minutes. And that has paid dividends. Sometimes, you know, you need to work together and play through things. And that really applies to all sports. Um, there's other times that you do need to change things up, but all coaches in the NHL may change it to lines when things are not going well. The difference is how long you wait to do that. And I think that matters. And Gallant was one who had one of the quickest triggers I can ever remember in the NHL. And, and really 
you know, if something wasn't going well for a period and a half, that'd be it. The lines would be switched up, blah, blah, blah. And then the next game, there'd be different folks in the lineup. And God forbid you'd lose a game. You'd never have the same lines and the same people in the lineup the next game. Every single loss of the year, you'd have a new lineup the next night. And sometimes that is warranted. Certainly if the team is going through a long stretch, a long period of bad play, and you lose a bad game playing it badly, you know, you do need to switch things up. And that's what coaches should do. But again, the frequency that you do that really matters. And for Gerard Gallant, that was something that really was over the top. And he just switched up lines and the lineup so often that people never could get used to, I think, certain spots. Again, I say all this with, you know, the knowledge that Gallant ended up leading the Rangers to 110 and 107 points in two years. The Rangers are a pretty damn good team. So these things may matter, but again, it should not get overblown that the Rangers had good teams under, under Gallant. Um, but I do notice with Laviolette that he sticks with the lineup, at least for the first couple games. And I think there is somewhat, there's some good value in that, right? Um, we had a really, really bad game against Nashville, a terrible game against Nashville last week. Um, and Laviolette stuck with the same lineup for the next game and they ended up playing very well in the first road game there in Seattle on the West Coast, even dominating. They really played very, very well. So, Sometimes it's not necessary to just change everything up, but maybe just to practice hard or, or be very involved in what they did wrong and, and improve it. Certainly playing together with line mates for a long time does increase efficiency. It does make for better offense, and it certainly leads to better awareness of where your teammates might be, both defensively and offensively. And I think it creates a better flow for forward lines when you're together. A lot of the time, you just know where people might go, where they're going to be, who might fall back on a given, you know, uh, rush to be the third man high. All that stuff that comes with experience and comes with playing with each other for a long time is critical. And it's something I think that might have been missed from time to time with Gallant with so many line changes. And it's something that's different under Peter LaViolette. Again, this is all very early, guys. So when I say these things, let's not get carried away about any of this, right? (laughs) Rangers have played six hole hockey games this year. So, you know, there's another, you know, 78 to go. So let's, let's just, you know, calm it down here. 74 to go. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, so after that terrible national game, he stuck with the same lineup and they played very well. Um, and it is just about, you know, practicing sometimes getting used to your teammates. You know, every team certainly has off nights, but they shouldn't just lead to changing lines every game. That's the bottom line. Um, and I think the consistency of the lines has paid off in this early, early run for the Rangers so far. So that's, you know, one point. Um, another point I want to make is, I think, about specific players and lines. Artemi Panarin has been off to a great start, and that's critical for the Rangers. You know, he had an up-and-down year last year. He did have 90-something points, uh, but he didn't seem quite the same. And certainly he was bad again in the playoffs. Um, He didn't have a good playoffs the last two years for the Rangers. And I thought if he got off to a bad start this year, you know, we might have some, some bad things with Panarin, but so far Panarin has been just brilliant. And he really has taken to this new line that Laviolette has put together with Heedle as the center and Lafreniere on the other wing. He's not pairing Panarin with fucking Trocek, who I can't stand as, as a you know top-line center. He's fine as a defensive third-line center, which is where he's playing now and exactly where he should be, although he's making way too much money. $8 million a year for a third-line center is too much. But in any case, back to Panarin. He's playing him with Heedle, 
who's now the second line center, and Lafayette on the other wing, and they have been gelling like Magellan. Let me tell you, they were really, really good. Again, last night in Calgary, they've been good all year. Um, Heedle and Panarin in particular have a lot of speed. Lafreniere, you know, has been playing really well with, with these, you know, more skilled players, which is fantastic. It's also interesting that Panarin coming down the left wing now has two lefties to pass to, right? And if think about it. If you're going down and you're on the left wing along the boards and you're passing across the middle, if you have a righty center, it's harder to make that great pass, right? If you have a lefty center, Heedle now, right? If you're coming across and you're making a pass, coming down the left wing, making a pass to the center, you have a lefty, it's much easier to make a better pass and much easier to shoot off the pass with a pass coming from that side of the board. So I don't want to get too technical into here, but there may be some additional reasons besides the fact that Heedle is just a better offensive center than than Trocek is, you know, and has more speed. The fact that he's lefty, I think, plays into it. And and whatever the reason, they've been money on the ice. Heedle, Panarin, Laffey have been great. Lafreniere in particular has been, you know, doing well and has, I think, three goals now. He had another deflection goal, which is at least his second of the year that was deflected. He apparently has been working out with Kreider as far as, you know, trying to deflect pucks in practice. Kreider does it all the time. Kreider, amazingly, is one of the best, if not the best, deflector of pucks um, and scoring goals that way in all of the NHL, which to me, as you know, is amazing because Chris Kreider, in my mind, you know, for puck handling skills is really poor for a forward. Not not even just average. He's very poor. But you need very, very good hand-eye coordination to deflect pucks, you know, as well as Kreider does. And he practices it all the time, and it shows on the ice. His deflections on the power play and other places, they're money. He's a really good deflector of the puck, which is just baffling because he's such a terrible puck handler. You know, I don't know how many times you've heard me say this before, too, where Kreider's in on a breakaway, and, oh, it slips off his stick, or he mishandles the puck, or he, he's just, you know, he's not a good puck handler, but he's an incredible deflector of pucks, which takes, you know, also takes great hand-eye coordination. In any case, Lafreniere is doing the same kind of practicing with deflecting pucks, and it's also starting to pay off in, in some early, early, early games here. So that line, Hedel Panera and Lafreniere, doing really well. Um, the top line, quote-unquote, with Mika centering Kreider and Kako has been okay. Mika has not scored a freaking goal yet, though. It would be very nice for Mika's manager to not have a nice, long, early season slump like he did last year. And, and not take a month to get started because he really slumped last year in the beginning and then picked it up. And I don't want to see him go another damn month before he starts looking like Mika Zibanejad. Now, he has other parts to his game. Um, he kills penalties. He's a great defensive center. But, you know, he is our top center and he needs to score. And he has the skill and the talent to do that. And I just want to make sure that, you know, <laughs> I don't want to see him go another month before he starts getting goals again. Let, let's not have that. He always seems to get off to a slow start for the Rangers, and hopefully he nips that in the bud this year. And by the way, speaking of slow starts, Igor, again, has started a little bit slow this year. He started slow last year and then was brilliant. But boy, in Calgary last night, holy moly, Igor Shosturkin was just tremendous, save after save after save. It was definitely his best start of the year and one that he needed because he's had a few iffy starts this year. Last year, he started iffy and just finished brilliant again. But um, 
Igar had has had one or two games this year where eh, nah, I don't know. He was a not not the best, but this game he was brilliant. He was brilliant. He had a lot of point blank saves, some rebound saves, left to right, spread eagle, kick save, lots of lots of big saves against Calgary last night. So we'll see how it is. Again, it's too early to assess goaltending play this early, but he's gone off to a slower start. Had a brilliant game in Calgary Tuesday night. Um, others real quick, and then I'm going to get out of here. This is just going to be a quick, quick early season thing. Um, I guess Schneider, Randy Schneider on defense, struggled a bit, but not quite as much as you think. Schneider always gets paired with, you know, what would be considered the the worst of the six defenders. So that has to be taken into account. For example, when Fox, you know, got hurt, or, or I'm sorry, Lingren got hurt, they moved up Gustafson to play with, with Fox, right? And so then they have to put, you know, Zach Jones or some other player along with Schneider. So instead of putting the replacement player in the position of the injured player, they always end up putting the replacement player on the line with Schneider and, you know, someone else will move up and play somewhere else. And it's, you know, I don't want to say it's not fair to Schneider. It's whatever gives the team the best chance to win. I don't know that that gives the team the team the best chance to win because Fox is good enough on his own that whoever they put with him, they'll probably be okay. But, you know, Schneider, you know, put Schneider, who's really, really young, along with, you know, maybe, you know, the even less experienced defenseman, that does leave the Rangers defense open there a little bit. But in any case, you know, his numbers have not looked very good, Schneider, quite this year yet. But I don't think it's nearly, you know, as bad as, you know, some people are making it out to be. I very much like Schneider, and I think he's an excellent young defenseman. He's going to be great. Mini Truba, right? Isn't that what they call him? By the way, Gustafson who I just mentioned a minute ago. He's been great for us. He's really been a good pickup defensive free agent for us. And sticking him right on the bottom line with Schneider has worked out perfectly. He's done everything all over the ice. I don't think we could have asked for a better just plug-and-play defenseman than Gustafson. Right now, we have three defensive pairs that are all, in my mind, great. You can put any of them out at any time, right? You have, obviously, Fox and Lindgren, who are tremendous. You have Truba. And you have Keandre Miller paired, and they're mostly good for the most part. They have their occasional defensive lapses, but you know they're they're a strong pair. And then you now you have Schneider paired with Gustafson, and that's just that's a good third pair. I mean, that that is three good pairs of defensemen that I'm not worried which of the three is out there. So when they stay healthy, those six Rangers have six good defensemen. It's a good start to the team. Uh, Will Cooley has been pretty great. Burst of energy for the team. Took a penalty or two in Calgary, but that's all right. He's flying all over the ice. He makes good defensive plays. He has some speed and burst to that third line. Um, it, it's a good addition to the team. And and there, there's some other ones. I'm not going to go through every single player. I, I like the feeling so far. It hasn't been perfect. Early season NHL sometimes doesn't always reflect the rest of the season. It's way too early to make, you know, long-term assessments, but you can notice things. Like, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, Laviolette not changing lines all the time. Um, Lafreniere suddenly being able to deflect shots really well because he's practicing it. Face-offs suddenly, you know, still early. Winning face-offs way more than we have in, in the past. Things like that. Offensive zone possession. I think we were second in the NHL coming into Calgary last night in you know the time in the offensive zone. Things like that are different. Again, this isn't to say the past Ranger teams recently have been bad. Let's face it, 110-107 is good stuff, and we'll, we'll see. You know what? If we can make it to 107 or 110 points this year, 
you know, that would be great if you can even just match what we've been. But there certainly have been deficiencies, particularly in last season, that need to get better. And so far, so good. Um, Rangers look, you know, pretty good early. And I'll give a little more detailed assessment as the season goes on and, have, and as we have a little more, you know, data behind us and a more games played to, to see just how how good, you know, the Rangers are and how well they're taking to Lobby Let's system. And that's it. That's all I have for you today. So thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks. Have a good day.